This is a Dalina University production. Uh, yes, we represent three subjects here. I'm from Portuguese, Anneli from German, and Hiroko from Japanese. Uh, yeah, I, I would have to start to say that the title is wrong, because as often happens when you write the abstract six months before, we are not going to talk about literary genre, it's just fan culture as an informal learning environment that we are talking about. And the study we have here, that we are going to present, is a study, is a part of an ongoing study on fan culture in a broader sense. Uh, we will also work in a, with literature and translation. To better, need, to better meet the needs of new generations of students, our challenge will be to develop new pedagogical thinking to accompany new technologies. This has led us to take a closer look at informal learning environments taking place on the internet today. The present study builds on interesting and important previous research from scholars like Mark Prensky, James Porgie, Henry Jenkins, and also in Sweden, Christina Olin Scheller. When we, taking as a premise that a favorable learning situation and learning outcome is taking place on fan culture online communities. Mark Prensky has suggested that the so-called decline in today's educational system is due to a discrepancy, discrepancy between how young people through online communities access new information and knowledge and the traditional methodology used by the teachers to educate them. And to describe this, he uses the metaphors digital natives and digital immigrants that you maybe know about, referring to a generation that has grown up with these new technologies and an older generation that has had to adapt to them. Also, James Paul G. has convincingly shown in uh, situated language and learning and critique of traditional schooling how young people can learn more from their after-school activities than from traditional schooling. For example, complex solving from uh, problem solving from video games. In his latest book, Language and Learning in a Digital Age, he emphasizes learning environment and popular culture and he recognized it as a new learning system. And he invents a new term to describe it, and this is the citation. There is today a new learning system competing in many aspects with our school system. It is a learning system that is embedded in popular culture. We'll, we will call it, there is no official name for this type of learning, so we will have to make one up. We will call it passionate affinity-based learning. Passionate affinity-based learning occurs when people organize themselves in the real world and or via the internet to learn something connected to a shared endeavor, interest or passion. Um, our presentation will focus on how communities of fan culture with examples of fan fiction and scanlation activity function as an informal learning environment on the internet. It aims to identify and discuss some elements in these fan communities that probably benefits the learning situation. We are interested in a learning process, per se, rather than proving or evaluating specific learning outcomes. In this paper, we will try to identify and discuss some elements within the process which are important for this learning environment. We will start with a brief introduction to fan communities and then continue on to a learning process taking place on fan fiction and scanlation sites. Fan culture is a subculture which has developed explosively on the internet during the last decades. Fans come together, sharing a common passionate interest in a specific popular culture creations, 
like television series or bestseller book, anime, manga, stories and games can also be other, other things from popular culture. And based on these, they are creating their own films, translations, fiction, new fictions, fan arts, blogs, roleplay, and also various forums, and more things for sure. On fan culture community websites, young people learn how to write, comment on, and translate text. Uh, on fan fiction websites, fan creates new stories by adapting and developing existing storylines and characters from original, get involved in an intensive dialogue between readers and writers, and have conceptual discussions on intertextuality and narrative structures. In the case of scanlation, the scanlators practice skills and techniques of translating, as well as acquiring Japanese language abilities in, in all in an informal environment. Art reception and creation then merge into a rich reciprocal creative activity which includes comments and feedback from the participators in the community. In 1992, Henry Jenkins wrote a groundbreaking study on fan culture where he de deconstructed the prevailing negative image of a, fans, of, fan, of a fan as a stereotypical fanatic and reinterpreted her or him as passionate and creative community member. Since then, fandom has taken the step into online communities and experienced an explosive development, both in the form of an increased number of participants as well as in social credit. Fan culture is now a completely transnational activity where people from all over the world come together in their shared passion for a specific fandom. Henry Jenkins characterized the fan as follows, and the quotation also illustrates what he defines as a participatory culture, which is very important for this informal learning environment. And uh, this is the citation. This ability to transform personal reaction into social interaction, spectatorial culture into participatory culture, is one of the central characteristics of fandom. One becomes a fan not by being a regular viewer of a particular program, but by translating that viewing into some kind of cultural activity. By sharing feelings and thoughts about the program content with friends, by joining a community of other fans who share common interests. For fans, consumption naturally sparks production. Reading generates writing until the terms logically inseparable. Seem logically inseparable, sorry. This passage points to some important elements for a favorable learning situation. Namely, shared passion for the fandom and emotional investment in the material as a strong motivator for writing and participating. The fan communities are particularly good examples of participatory culture, where consumers and producers blend together into prosumers, and the key word here is sharing. James Paul G, as you saw in the citation shown earlier, this concept of passionate affinity-based learning and also Prensky agrees with Jenkins on passion as the key element. And here I will pass the word to my colleagues to continue with specific fields of uh, fan fiction and scanlation. Mm -hmm. <coughs> mm -hmm. And I will start with fan fiction. Uh, in an article in the Swedish newspaper Svenska Dagbladet, uh, the author Jennifer De Lucy emphasizes the fan fiction word as a writing school where everyone, even professional writers like herself, have something to learn. Uh, even if most of the fanfic writers may be amateurs, they also are the more experienced. 
um, who supervised the less experienced. Under the tag Review This Story on the website fanfiction.net, every reader has the possibility to give feedback and interact with the author. The feedback, come, uh, the feedback from other fans often comes quickly since the fans share the same interests, the same passion for a fandom that Katarina mentioned, and normally react on the news stories immediately. It's an ongoing discussion. It's not only one comment from a teacher, like in the traditional teacher-student relationship. Here, writers have the possibility to argue an opinion or just ask what the reviews mean by something. They also develop skills in these meta-talks in how to analyze their own writing, and they are having theoretical discussions about the interpretations of the source texts. For example, the question, when does fan fiction become literature, is being discussed in a forum on fanfiction.net. Author and readers accordingly meet in this ongoing and intensive dialogue. They act as teachers or mentors for each other. They common texts, structures, characters, style, grammar, etc. The feedback ranges from very positive comments to concrete suggestions how to improve the text, depending on how experienced the writer is. Sometimes the new writers are being quite educated by others, like the signature The Moon's Feather, who has written two fanfics on Inkart on fanfiction.net. As most new writers, she asks for reviews before her story starts. On her pro uh, personal pro profile, she informs about herself and tells her favorites of different categories. For example, her favorite fan fiction writer. And that is Calypso, who reviews the first chapters of her first fanfic in Clover. And uh, Calypso notices that the Moon's Feather's story needs more work and gives her quite detailed, is detailed instructions of how to improve her writing. And her instructions you can see here, or some of them. So the reviewer Calypso says, Take your time. Don't be afraid to slow down and take time to describe the scene. You brush over the majority of a chapter with just a few sentences. Even though whoever is reading your fanfic has read Inkart, you should, be, you should not be afraid to use more detail. If you don't want to spend too much time on the old scene, you can always use space to develop your character and maybe delve more into her thoughts. That's uh, explore this character more, add in some backstory. Dramatic backstories can be your friend. And number, number two. If you plan on having really short chapters, then update them a lot quicker. I know, again from experience, that if you don't update quickly, you might lose a lot of potential readers. So it's a little bit about PR here, too. And at the end, uh, Calypso writes, I'd be glad to help you anytime you need me to. I was once a beginner, too, and it takes a while to get into the swing of things. Some days later, The Moon's Feather has published more chapters of her story, and Calypso writes another comment, and then she's satisfied. 
and writes. You took some of my advice and some more sentences, but she's satisfied by the changes that the Moonstreller has made. Significant to note here is that even though there is a very clear teacher-student situation, the student asks for feedback <coughs> and is really happy about it. The discussion on the published text usually starts directly. And this immediate feedback, that even if it's critical, often contains some positive feedback, like update soon, is probably an important element for the learning. Also beta readers, like proofreaders, are available to offer help before an author decides to publish a text on fanfiction.net. In this way, the participatory culture, with its informal mentoring, is very clear. The more experienced contributors read the texts of the less experienced and teach and support them. The definition of a beta reader on fanfiction.net is a person who reads a work of fiction with a critical eye, with the aim of improving grammar, spelling, characterization, and general style of a story prior to its release to the general public. For example, we can take a look at one registered beta reader on this webpage, Ditafu. She has written 14 stories for Silence of the Lambs, Twilight, Alice in Wonderland, and some more. All registered beta readers on fanfiction.net have a beta description where we get to know what their strengths and weaknesses are and what they prefer to read and not prefer. And Ditafu gives the following general description on her beta reader profile. I'm OCD when it comes to spelling and grammar. I spend ages on my own fix before I post them, making sure the wording sounds right. I like to make things sound like they come from the time period in which they are set, so it sounds more believable. For example, if the story is set in the 1860s, I don't use abbreviated terms such as Simon and Hay. To me, it's insulting. The TAFO thus has an awareness of writing for, from different periods and historical language. She adjusts the style and the language of the time the story is taking place in. Most writers of fan fiction use screen names, uh, which means that we don't know their age, sex, where they live, etc. The fact that you don't know who the person behind the screen name is makes the distinction between amateurs and professionals more difficult. They are all anonymous, and in the first place they identify themselves as part of the fan community, as prosumers, this mixture of producers and consumers, and not as young teenagers or professional writers or whatever they are. Some users are signing up with very well-constructed pseudonyms that really show their personality and their values, or they sign up using nicknames that express the, the identity they like to have. In this way, the fanfic writers have the possibility to try different roles and different identities. The anonymity thus plays an important role since it encourages the learning and teaching activities. 
it probably gives at least some fanfic writers the courage, the courage to publish and it also creates a freedom to express oneself since you can have an online identity or even use many different pseudonyms in different fandoms. You're also free to write about themes that, themes that you wouldn't have done otherwise. For example, the fanfic writer Martin P. in a Swedish study from 2010 by Olin Scheller and Wikström describes a girl's sexual debut, and this is a theme that he probably wouldn't have chosen, whether in the classroom nor in the fanfiction website, if he hadn't been anonymous. We move on with the next learning environment, Scanlation. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Anneli. Uh, the second challenge we are going to see is called Scanlation. Scanlation probably is a new word for a lot of you, I don't know. It's a mixture of a scanning and translation of manga. Uh, this, um, this started around late 1990s amongst the overseas manga fans. Uh, because there were lots of manga works that were not translated into uh, foreign languages and they wanted to read it. So they started getting the raw materials, original, and started translating them, circulating them, uh, so, uh, so just by internet. Um, today it has grown a very major activity of a uh, fan community of manga. And uh, the motives are two. First, the same as original motive, they want to read a lot of manga that are not translated into foreign languages. And secondly, uh, as many of the mangas in Japan are translated, I mean, sorry, published first on a weekly basis, on a weekly magazine, uh, but they take months to be compiled into book form and get translated officially, and fans just could not wait. So they just uh, get um, an official translation, and it's growing, although there are lots of uh, a fight against the publishers these days over copyright issue. Um, there are quite a few previous studies on this, but just uh, to see it as an overseas phenomenon, uh, by authors like uh, Diaz Quintas, Maria Ferrer, or Minako Hagen. Uh, Minako Hagen especially pointed out uh, the possibility of its functioning as an informal learning environment for translator training, which is quite uh, the, the most closest, I mean, the closest to our presentation today. What I want to uh, introduce as uh, some elements, uh, example, some, sorry, some example of uh, this fun, particular fun community as elements that drive the learning is, uh, well, first there are a few um, elements that could drive translator, I mean learning the translation skills and also the acquiring Japanese as a second language. Uh, this is a scanlation, looks quite professional, you have to say. <laughs> um, well, to translate, you have to learn translation skills and Japanese language, which is necessary if you're translating into English or Chinese. But if you're translating to other languages, normally you do it from the English. Uh, we want to see one example of this community site for scanlator translators, manhelpers.com, where um, everything is very rigorous. If you want to trans, I mean, if you want to translate for this site. You have to register as a translator. To do that, you have to send five examples of your manga translation where existing translators of this community sites are going to judge the quality of the translation and they are going to be ranked between D rank and S rank translators. If your quality is not good enough, they say you're trainee and you have to, some, you have to have some proper translator within that community sites to supervise your translator, translation. Sorry. 
Uh, there are other forums like Translations Academy, Pixel Proofreading, and Japanese Study in this community site. <laughs> Very quickly, for the Translations Academy, um, the translators can put uh, some question sentences as they have trouble translating, and other translators or registered in a community would come up to help. So it's a really training. Uh, just one example, this translator put this quite difficult sentence even in Japanese coming from the original manga, uh, which is which would literally translate something like don't vomit useless absurdity, no need for it. More proper translation would be something like don't stop talking useless bullshit, no need for it. Um, <laughs> And the translator says, original translator says, I've got no idea how to translate it. And some comments will come from other translators. And, uh, well, I've got some comments, but I'll just show you one, because there's no time. Uh, there's one comment such as, Hakuna is a rougher, rougher imperative of hakanaide, or shinakutemo is a truncated version of shinakutemo ii. So I translated it, I just stopped talking about the nonsense, no one cares, which is pretty good. And there are other uh, suggestions as well. Um, moving to the next forum, tips of proofreading. Proofreading is another technique that you have to learn when you're learning translation. And, um, well, apart from giving uh, proper techniques like spell checking or comparing um, original and translation or use of slangs, they give a very tangible tips like uh, talk to the translator if you don't understand the translation. So you look for the translator who translated the work you're proofreading and talk to them which is quite professional. Uh, thirdly, Japanese language forum. Uh, this is uh, quite important because many of the fun translators have learned Japanese as self-taught. So they are quite keen on sharing all sorts of uh, uh, information about Japanese language from the basic grammar, phonetics, language history, register, online resources, etc., etc. Sometimes the discussion develops into how to prepare to take this uh, official Japanese language proficiency test, JPLT. Uh, finally, for, translating, uh, for translation in general, we translators translate because of a need. Uh, we translate because someone needs our service. Someone needs our service to understand what he or she cannot understand without translation. So getting the feedback itself is a very quite strong motive for us to continue translating, especially if translators are not paid, like in case of scanlation. Uh, in scanlators, I mean scanlation sites where they pick up the scanlated work, um, they get all sorts of uh, positive comments from the readers of gratitude and uh, with the <laughs> from the community side uh, you can be actually a fan of particular translators who chooses and translates a series of manga works that you like and you can directly get in touch with them to talk about the uh, works that they have translated not about the quality of translation only but the actual content so you can get quite deep so to call otaku a fandom discussion about the manga with the translation himself, which must be really uh, gratifying for the translator, getting this first-hand very strong feedback. Um, so, very quickly, reaching to the conclusion, um, we've seen fanfiction and scanlation, and in both activities we can see very strong passion just not to just to consume as fans, but for learning, or to create, to teach, to evaluate, etc. In my introduction, Katarina mentioned uh, James Paul G, uh, a learning system embedded in a popular culture, uh, which is exactly what this community is. 
And uh, I would like to also mention this uh, renounced author, also mentioned in an introduction, Mark Frensky, and teaching digital natives, who points out that what's lacking from today's education, at least in US, um, well, he points out that um, what today's students want are things like to learn something pursuing their interests and passions, and also to create something using the tools of their days, and thirdly, to learn something which is uh, real, not just relevant, something you can apply directly, uh, which we have seen all in this uh, fan community. I mean, they, this is a community, they actually learn how to write, how to translate, or how to acquire this foreign language. So, um, running through to the very final conclusion, we'd like to finish this presentation by presenting a question, posing a question, that we have to go on thinking how we can incorporate or make use of this informal learning environment which fulfills all these conditions in the new generation learning. Thank you very much.